You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly pop and geek culture show covering movies, TV, games, and comics. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that keeps you up to date on all of the shows about Pedro Pascal ferrying a child across the long distance. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And I'm Samantha. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff, including a bunch of movie trailers. We're going to be talking about Pedro Pascal and his ability to transport children. (laughs) He's the transporter, but only for kids. For only for kids. (laughs) And a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But first, let's get into some things we have been checking out. Check it out! waiting for let's go grumble let's go grambling guys i gotta talk about <clears throat> i gotta talk about skin and marink okay because it is the wildest cinematic experience i've, I've ever had a lot of stuff on twitter about what? skin and marink what what is this i've never heard of this, this is the first i'm hearing of this <laughs> skin and marink is a new horror film that just came out uh well it, it's made like festival circuit and it's just now come to theaters, which is amazing enough on its own that this movie played in a normal theater. It is very experimental. Yeah, it's an extremely experimental movie. Yeah, but it's it's amazing. I was able to go to the Marcus to see it and not like the Drexel. The gateway. Yeah, the yeah. gateway. <laughs> but it, it's about um, kids getting trapped in their house while parts of it disappear. They wake up in the middle of the night and their dad's gone. Yeah, and their dad's gone. And then parts of their house start disappearing. Oh, weird. Um, like like the windows and the doors and the toilet. From the windows to the walls? Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is shot in a way like I've never seen a movie shot before. It's all got film grain and VHS look. Really? Um, Ooh, I like that. Dark. Extremely dark. Um, you don't see a human face except for a couple times the whole movie. Really? It is a lot of shots of, oh, a window frame or people's legs to feet shuffling around. Interesting. Uh, Just whispering. Yeah, yeah, 90% of the dialogue is whispers. Huh. It is extremely a vibe. Okay. (laughs) It's like the most claustrophobic, like... Uh, icky vibe experience of, uh, that you'll ever have in a theater. Interesting. At a dark screen, like did that just move? Yeah. Really? Like, Ooh. You, don't, you don't know because of the film grain. And- yeah. The, yeah. The film grain will make it look like something's moving, and like, it's like, is that a face? Like what? <laughs> it's like being a kid. You know, in the dark yeah. by yourself. Yeah, while it, your brain plays tricks on yeah. you. It captures yeah. that exact feeling of being a kid in the dark. Like the anxiety of like, you and know. It just keeps growing. Uh, uh, oh, that is kind of awesome. And they, they use a lot of like old public domain cartoons playing in a VHS on a TV. Okay. With a pile of Lego on the floor in front of the TV. Okay, like, yeah. Which is a very formative and familiar Very familiar, image I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not for everyone, obviously. Sure. Because it is not a traditional I must movie. Say, I must say, this sounds a lot like, you know, 
like an art film it project. Is. Oh, it absolutely it, is. It is, yeah, hundred percent an art the movie. The story is more about the medium, like yeah, huh? And the and the feel it the way it's more about the way it makes you feel than it is about the story because it does yeah. not do not go in there looking for a full story. Okay. You got to put it, you got to pay attention and put it together. So, so do you, it doesn't give you any answers. So do you so, think yeah. this you has like, know. like a contender, like, content, like a, a beat a contender, like for like a, a big, like cult kind of following oh, kind yeah. of thing. And, and it, it was fun when the movie was over and the people that, the reactions from the people that did not get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because they basically sat there for two hours watching door frames and ceilings and didn't, you know, think about what they were seeing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when did the one guy because well, I wasn't scared, and it's like that's, that's I don't so, think that's the point. Yeah, it's like well, the point is the vibe. Yeah, the point is the vibe. Interesting. It's like Very well, nobody nobody asked you if you were scared, so that kind of makes me think maybe you were. Maybe a you scared. were. Yeah. <laughs> Doth protest too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, interesting. I, you know, I don't usually watch, I don't typically watch, the horror movies that I watch are typically the bad, the cheesy bad ones that you laugh at. Yeah, the cheesy Uh, fun ones. The cheesy fun ones. I don't typically go for legitimate horror films, especially in theater, but I actually might, I say that and I probably, and you know, I won't because that's how, (laughs) that's, it's me and that's who I am and I'm fine with that, but I am very you've, much you've considering come to terms with that i've come to terms with the fact that i'm going to say that i do a lot of things and then don't that's just how i feel like that's just adult life it is well it is <laughs> but the point point being i'm actually considering seeing this one in theaters despite how much i this is not my jam typically yeah just because of the vibe and yeah, that I, say, I, I like the i like the idea of like using like primal emotion to like push you know your artistic agenda i think you know that, that makes see that's the thing i'm not a huge horror movie fan and i'm, I'm definitely not into gore and i'm definitely not like i'm not like a slasher movie guy and that's like 95 percent of horror movies anymore just bad slasher films we're going to talk about one of those after the break that's to, yeah true uh but i i'm always a big fan of like suspense and cerebral horror yeah you know, it's this, things yeah. that make you feel things that make you think things that make you uneasy that's yep. the stuff I like. This is a hundred percent will make you feel uneasy. Gotcha. Like it's nostalgic and surreal at the same time. Interesting. So hard to describe. Like you said, it's a vibe, and you can't describe a vibe. Yeah, yeah. You can only feel a vibe. You can only feel the vibe. And I, I would see it in a theater if you can. I think it's a better experience that way. It seems. It well, seems yeah, because be. you're in a dark room. You're, you, you know, can't. Yeah, I mean, you can leave. But you've paid money, yeah. So you don't, yeah, right. yeah. There, yeah, you have minimal distractions. Yeah, yeah. Where you're, if you're watching it at home, you know, you're, you're on your phone, you're on your phone, you're, you're working on a project. Yeah, you're, doing you're this, you're, that, or the other. You're, you're falling. You're, as, you're, if you're me, you're falling asleep. Exactly <laughs> that sort of thing. Or you're like, man, I want lunch, but you know, yeah, you know that kind of thing. And if you're in danger of falling asleep, you probably will with this one. Because really, it's very quiet and it's very kind really, of really slow. Yeah. Slow. Okay. I've seen a lot of people complain that it's too long, but like <laughs> maybe it just feels like it is because it's slow. It's a slow well, burn because it's uncomfortable. Mm. Nobody wants to feel uncomfortable for any uh, of them. Oh, no, yeah. no. The, the awkward shuffle. Uh, see, yeah, that's 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 really interesting because I also get really uncomfortable watching things sometimes. <laughs> there are 
well, this is just me, I guess. There are certain like kinds of comedy in film. Oh, the and, like cringe comedy. Cringe comedy. Can't watch cringe comedy. Yeah, secondhand embarrassment. Yes. I get that a lot. Ooh. Oh, yeah. There, Jordan Jordan loves romantic comedies, and there is a the Venn diagram does overlap with cringe comedy quite a bit with romantic comedies to the point where one of her favorite movies I can't sit and watch because I have to get up and physically move around the room because the cringe is so is my, so palpable. palpable. My mom can't watch a lot of Ben Stiller movies because of secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. Oh, that's well, I mean, he's embarrassing. That's his yeah. whole career. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. That's, that's his fair. whole career. <laughs> like between, I forget what the movie is called. I'll have to look it up here in a sec. But between this romantic comedy that Jordan likes and also certain episodes of The Office will even make me. <laughs> yeah, do I that. can see that. You, the house party, the dinner party episode. Oh, no, I, yeah. I cannot watch that episode to this day because it just makes it makes my bones want to jump out of my my body. Oh, this second season of White Lotus that we've watched, I get secondhand anxiety because it deals a lot with with cheating. Oh, yeah. And I get secondhand anxiety from these situations that that the couples are in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like well, I'm going to get uncomfortable just talking yeah, about it, thinking about it. Oh, man. Yeah, just thinking about well, some of these like, things. It's just like... Well, yeah. it's, like uh, it's like with Nicole. Like, she watches a lot of these these YouTubers, and they kind of react to, like, cringe, like, either from TikTok or, or, just, or Twitter or Facebook. And it's like, it's like, man, it took you two seconds not to post whatever you just posted. <laughs> yeah. But you still did it mm. anyway. The movie is called Man Up, and it stars Lake Bell oh. and Simon Pegg. And I've tried on multiple occasions, and I can get about 10, 15 minutes into it. And it is so embarrassing that I, like, secondhand embarrassment takes over, and I I have to move out of the Poison room. Poison Ivy and Scotty? Yeah, Poison <laughs> Ivy and Scotty. And, and from what I hear, it's a great movie, but I can't watch it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Actually, if if you're not sure about Skinnamarink, mm-hmm. the movie's director did a short that's apparently very similar on his YouTube channel. Oh, interesting. Um, Bite Size Nightmares. It's called Heck. So maybe give that a shot. Okay. Like Might that. have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to do that before going into it. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, it's one thing I checked out. I can't remember if I've talked about it on this show before or not. Um, I very well could have, and if that's the case, I'll go quick. I uh, watched a documentary on the kids in the hall. That's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think uh, you did. I I did. Yeah, it's still a very good documentary. I feel like it's been a minute since you've talked about yeah. it. Yeah. So basically, what it does, they they made this two part. Um, it's about an hour long altogether. It's like two thirty five minute. It came episodes. out when the new season. Yeah, came it came out. out when the new episode, uh, new season came out. And it basically documented the formation of the kids in the hall all the way up through today. And it, you know, was featured very heavily with um, them performing live shows at the Reveille in, in Toronto. I think it was Toronto. It was somewhere in somewhere, Canada. They're yeah. extremely Canadian. They, they are extremely Canadian. <laughs> uh, but it kind of showed where they kind of came from and then working on the show and uh, getting hooked up with Lauren Michaels. <laughs> And they're they're very troubled movie. They're uh, brain um, brain candy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, everyone does. <laughs> uh, brain candy was. It's interesting. I've seen brain candy, and it's it's interesting. It definitely 
falls apart once they decide the movie needs a plot because <laughs> it is basically the first half of the movie is a collection. It has a, a general theme, but it is just basically a collection of short scenes that are like the show basically with diff- with them playing characters and whatnot. There's actually a really good uh, um, review of it uh, from red letter media mm. <laughs> that uh, Jay and uh, one of the other guys, Josh, they, uh, they talk about it. And it's really interesting. And the documentary is really interesting as well. I didn't realize how much the guys went through behind the scenes. At one point, it almost becomes like a documentary of Scott Thompson, the uh, openly gay one, uh, because he went through a lot during huh. that. He Well, they did a, a, a mini series before the full series came back called uh, Death Comes to Town. And talking about the whole show had a theme of, you know, dying and stuff like that. And apparently at the time he had prostate cancer and was going through chemotherapy the entire time and was really struggling. And they get into where their uh, comedic influence came from. And they all say, well, they had alcoholic parents and that was one thing they all bonded over. And just the weird stuff their parents would say and do growing up kind of forced them to be funny as a uh, coping mechanism. mechanism, mechanism, And then they get to Scott Thompson who says, yeah, my, you know, my growing up was, was fine. I guess I was a survivor of a school shooting in the 1970s. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. He, uh, apparently there was, uh, um, some, some school in Saskatchewan or something like that. It was, um, back when school shootings were not the norm. We're not why it was a rare occurrence. It was something that was weird. But he said, apparently, the kid that sat behind him in English class came to school and blew away their English teacher. Jesus. And he was like right there. And that kind of made him think, okay, live every day like it's the last because it very well could have been. And, I mean, the documentary is really I mean, it's it's very funny as well. They're funny guys and they do talking head interviews with like Mike Myers. Apparently, Mike Myers early, early on did some sets with the kids, kids in the hall when they were just a live act. He I mean, they're he all was Canadian. Like the, he was like the number one hanger on like one step outside of the group of the core five. He was like one of the inside Larry. He was a kid down the hall. He was a, he was a kid (laughs) around the next corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the interview, the interview process and everything was really funny and really interesting. And it just kind of goes to show. I love as much as I love comedy. I love the history of comedy. I, I will sit and watch a documentary about a comedian. There's one about George Carlin that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it, but I love watching the history of comedy i'm the same way about music oh yeah yeah i i don't listen to a ton of music but i love music history so there's a podcast called no dogs in space and Mm. they've done a lot of history of punk stuff oh sure i love it it's great and it's turned me on to so many different like bands that i and i can appreciate them so much more when you know the story you know the story behind it yeah 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 yeah, um, on Disney Plus, like speaking of musical documentaries, uh, Disney Plus's uh, Beatles uh, documentary is kind of interesting. 
uh, Get Back, I think. Yeah, Get Back. I have heard really good things about uh, about Get Back. My dad watched it uh, in preparation for his show. My my dad also watched it. Yeah, I mean, it's very much just like you know, just video footage of them sitting in their rented studio space that they did just and and the the history was always like oh they fought through the entire oh yeah the album and they oh did, yeah and they really weren't i mean they, they kind of were there, there were there were some you know some skips was, here and there but they were still there was around. like tension and stuff tension like, but they were still being friendly and cordial like and kinda, uh like at one point um uh, i think it's george mm. uh just ups and like i'm quitting the band and just walks out that sounds that sounds like George. That sounds like George. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Ringo was just sitting behind his drum sets going, oh, come on, guys. Let's let's play. A, let's play a song. Yeah. Like to push this garden part too. I've yeah, written I mean, a was, song. I mean, there was a lot of times where he's they're sitting there, but it's kind of neat, like seeing them like them and like uh, one of the other guys, like kind of sitting down and like playing part uh, of the song. Was, that it, you, uh, was it Billy Preston? It might have been. I think. Um, African American guy. No, 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 no. Okay. No. He's all, because, he was a longer haired white guy. Okay. Because the. Unofficial fifth Beatle was Billy Preston, who is this uh, um, blues and rock and blues uh, musician who basically dad was telling me about this. Apparently he was on the rooftop with them in that rooftop live performance, their last live performance. That iconic, that iconic He was He was kind of off to the back playing piano and he basically would come into the studio and would um, the band, uh, the Beatles would start playing and he would just join in and just start joining in. And it worked a hundred percent of the time so he was like the unofficial fifth beetle josh what have you been uh, doing this week well uh the first four episodes of velma on hbo max <sighs> oh boy i watched the first one and that was enough for me yeah yeah it's i don't know i can't tell if we're hate watching it or not um <laughs> yeah because i mean there are good parts of it it feels weird because it's definitely a adult animated focused take on this on these somewhat familiar characters. Sure. Even if if maybe they have destroyed what makes those characters those characters. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because it's almost like it's trying to be Harley Quinn, but then all of a sudden you get but it's like with Scooby-Doo characters. And they're all exaggerations of these characters that aren't as true to the core characters, even though Harley Quinn does kind of hit some things on the head. Yeah, Harley Quinn. That's the Harley Quinn does get the the vibe of the characters they're mocking. Yeah, yeah. They kind of stretch. They're stretching the boundaries, but they're not breaking through and being completely unrecognizable. And I've heard that the characters in Velma are largely unrecognizable in comparison to previous incarnation like, of the characters like velma herself is not likable no at no. all oh she no. is mean yeah she's she's like daria if daria was a, a jerk, jerk. Yeah. yeah i have heard and this is all rumor so take this as such but from what i have heard the writers the creators of the show originally were not planning it for it to be a strict scooby-doo thing it was going to be something done in a Ventures Brothers style vein where it wasn't it's but our, they were pastiches of the characters but not actual actual and it was HBO and Warner that came to them and said no use we, the character you can't yeah. we're not going we can't sell the show unless you use the characters and it was retrofit into that but the idea was it was going to be more like 
they had different names, but you go, oh, this is a wink and a nod to Freddy, and this is a wink and a nod to Velma, but it's they ended up using the characters and they made it worse for it. Yeah. I, I can't believe how many people I've seen that are mad that Scooby-Doo's not in it. That's not the point of the show. Exactly. Like, Scooby-Doo is al- was always the least interesting part of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. There is, there is a funny bit uh, in one of the episodes where um, Velma, I think it's Vel- Velma's on the internet or something, watching something, and, or, no, uh, Norville, the, the shaggy insert. Yeah. Um, he, he, he has a snack, he has a snack review, I don't know if it's like a, like a live thing or like a YouTube thing or a Twitch thing. He has like this online thing that he does with snacks. And uh, one of the one of the commenters on his stream or whatever of him reviewing snacks was like scrappy sixty something like the year of like or uh, seventy like something like, like yeah scrappy sixty six or, or something, something like, like that. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the reference to like you know the the date of Scooby Doo yeah and stuff so that there that was kind of in there but uh that really sounds like scraping the bottom of the yeah. oh it really for a, it really for a is. nice thing to say yeah. I mean it really is uh like I said Velma's a jerk. I saw one- Norville's dad just looks like Shaggy with like a goatee or a beard. Sure. I saw a clip online where they had uh, Fred in court. Yes. And they proved that he is too dumb to be a murderer because he couldn't even cut a steak. A, a ste- couldn't cut up his own food and he cried to his mom about he- And that's the whole that's thing. That's kind of funny. The I whole like- the but whole also. Thing- Glenn Howerton's Cuddy's mommy. Cuddy's yes, was yes. funny. Well, that it, was funny. The, the whole thing, the whole thing is like he is he is so rich and so pampered, pampered that he literally is he's literally a man child. See, I, or or I, a young adult child. That's funny if they were using if it were another character, but for Fred, I don't know. Uh, then was, again, he was never rich. He was never Daphne was the Daphne one that was, was the rich, rich one. Yeah, yeah, I, but his dad is like the joke is his dad is like the the heir or the owner of this gentleman's accessories company, and like one of the they show one of the commercials uh, in the, the ascot. Show. In yeah, the it's ascot. about yeah. an ascot. That yeah. that is the easiest lamest yep. joke. I personally, my favorite. Also, thing. his dad is like a man's man, like adventurer. Oh, sure. Like uh, yeah, Hemingway type of guy. And this whole thing is like he's embarrassed of his son. My favorite incarnation of the Scooby gang was Mr. Inc. And that is a good one. That Fred, is a Fred's good one. Fred's dad's like the sheriff in that. The, the mayor. The mayor, which that's, See, that's, that fits. that's perfectly fine. Um, I read online something that the, because people are talking about Scooby Doo now because of this. Um, apparently in an uh, AMA with the original writers for Mystery Inc., they wrote Fred with the idea that he was on the spectrum. That's why he was so obsessed with making traps and learning about traps, and all he wanted to talk about were were setting traps and doing traps because they played him slightly on the spectrum Mm. a little bit. Which is a cool interpretation. It's a cool interpretation, yeah. Because he before, he's pretty... Nothing. He's a nothing burger character. He's he's the straight man. Yeah. He's he, the yeah. He he's he's the you know I'm the all American yeah boy. Uh, not, and you know what? Not even that in the original cartoons. He's just a body to be the. He's more voice of reason. Yeah, he's he's there to move the plot. He's forward. there to move the plot. Yes. I mean, Velma's the one that does all the work. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. One hundred percent. It's 
clear why he is in the least versions of Sp- of Scooby Doo. Like he's not in the um, thirteen ghosts. thirteen ghosts, the the Shaggy centric movies. The Shaggy, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Daphne makes the Daphne does cut. Yeah, Velma shows up in a few episodes of uh, Thirteen. Go- I know right. a lot about Scooby Doo, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Fred is always the first one of them of the core gang to get cut because he's kind of a nothing burger. Yeah, but like I said, I can't. I mean, I can't quite put how exactly I feel. I mean, it's trust your instincts. I yeah. <laughs> Luke, turn off your targeting computer. Anyway, um, I don't know. Like, like Josh, turn off your criticism computer. <laughs> no, turn on your criticism. Computer. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I know. Like the one one of the things that really like I really don't like is this the sudden abrupt horrible violence. Like it, may, like I said, it it's made, a Rick and Morty. It's, yeah, they're trying to be Rick. like it. They're uh, trying to Rick and Morty it because it makes sense. Velma is the Rick. It makes sense. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, they turned Velma into a Rick. Yeah, because she's and unlikable and mean to everyone. She and there's no Morty f- to play off of. Yeah, like and that's the problem. Like Norville's almost the Nor- the Morty kinda. Like he he tags along with Velma a lot. Mm. Um, but um, like there's a part in one of the things where Velma comes to school to try to I don't know take some of the hate off of her or whatever. Was when she does a makeover and then goes to school. Yes, yes, and um, people think that she is the the murderer that's killing these quote unquote hot girls. That's the whole premise so far. Is the 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 con- the conventionally hot girls or whatever school are getting killed and their brains are getting scooped out. Mm. Um, and it's always when they find the body, it's gross. It's really super gross. But uh, there's a part where somebody I don't care for that. Yeah, either. and then somebody throws one of those like tabletop heavy paper cutter paper thing, cutters yeah things at velma and fred steps in and like deflects it all heroically and it goes flying off and cuts some kid's leg off who's voiced by weird al really oh weird. for some reason i don't yeah. know why he's there this this show sounds like it's doing everything wrong it's it's missing the point about the the core premise of scooby-doo it's, like her whole thing is she's trying to solve her mother's disappearance because the police won't. Yeah, and which I, mean, I liked. I liked that le- that idea. Yeah, that's a neat idea. But, but the it sounds like execution is god awful. It sounds like the jokes are the easiest, laziest oh. that they could do. And, and also, it misses uh, the mark on everything. And else. also, uh, Velma has like these weird, like debilitating uh, hallucinations, anxiety attacks, hallucinations, anxiety induced hallucinations that about l- solving mysteries that look phenomenal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like they're like. They're like really akin to like the old style of like some of the Scooby Doo monsters, like before they're unmasked and they actually kind of look monstrous. Though I'm still waiting for the time when, because uh, I keep seeing it in clips where Velma and her dad are like fishing off a pier or something and pull up um, the the glowing spooky diver the, guy. The kook, oh, the diver. Okay, I was gonna say yeah. the kooky space kook. No, kook, no, not but... the space kook. The <laughs> the only one I remember is the minor forty nine er. Because that's a great name. The, mi- the minor 49 And not the creeper? The creeper. The creeper, the yeah. The space kook. Yeah. I mean, the, the diver's pretty iconic, but I don't ever remember his name. No, I, I don't either. I wonder what happened to that live-action, uh, crowdfunded uh, Scooby-Doo about Riverdale style uh, that show. That might have been better than this. I watched the first episode of it, and it was really, really good. I just wonder if they're if they're doing more of them. 
I'll yeah, I don't know. That up I don't know. On. Like I said, they're releasing these episodes two at a time every Thursday, and I, I've already heard that they're working on a season two. Of course, and well, people are already mad about it. It had a huge opening. To, uh, it was like one of the high, maybe the highest watched animated comedy on HBO you know Max why? when it came because out because HBO removed most of their other animated content. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Well, that. And, I bet a bunch of people were hate watching it too. Well, sure. And that's the other thing is like, you know, a lot of people online are saying, don't hate watch it. Don't give them the numbers because they don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. A number, a metric is a metric. Number's a number. It's going to drop off. I don't, I yeah. can't see anybody putting, putting themselves through more episodes of this voluntarily. Right. right. I mean, I probably will because I'm already invested at this point. I mean, you, you, you're taking one for the team. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, well, hey, listen, I hate to cut you off, but we got to go to break, and when we come back, we are going to get into some news. The marketing department at WZMO suggested I do a new cutting-edge promo for Longplay. You know, short, quick, concise, to the point. Yeah, here goes. You're invited to tune in to Longplay, Friday night at 11, Saturday afternoon at 3. Great music, fantastic host, often referred to as the Casey Kasem of Marion. Full albums, front to back, here on WZMO. Whew, did it. Finished before I got cut off. Hey, we're back from the break. Let's talk about some pop culture news. Let me say it out loud. I am the cream of the crop. Yeah, the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I just kind of closed my eyes and picked one at random. <laughs> I miss Macho Man. I miss Macho Man as well. The Bone Saw. Or Bones the... McGraw. Or The Boulder. Yeah, yeah. Spa <laughs> uh, Space Ghost Grandpa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> Oh, Motar, I got your, I talked your gra grandpappy in the squared circle. <laughs> he came after me with a foreign instrument. It was illegal. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's actually, I actually saw, um, flipping through random YouTube videos at work the other day. It was a deleted scene. So, uh, they did a bunch of dark, these, uh, documentaries called Dark Side of the Ring. I haven't watched any of them yet, but there's one on Macho McMahon, Randy Savage. It's supposed to be like, you know, Kind of like the background stuff, you know, the stuff that the background was just coke. Well, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and they were. It was delete. It was a deleted scene where they were talking about the voice, the Macho Man voice. Ah, uh, his persona. His persona. Apparently, that was his real speaking voice. Oh, he had uh, huh. some kind of um, um, problem with his with his larynx. And when he was talking to you in normal, he'd just be down here like this, you know, and we're going to do this where I'm going to come at you with the backflip and the, and the, the pile <laughs> driver and stuff. And then as soon as the camera goes on, he starts talking a little bit more theatrically. <laughs> and it has like five or six different old time wrestlers all doing the macho man voice. <laughs> talking about you i know, mean it yeah. is one of the most iconic voices in wrestling it really if not is pop culture it really is yeah I, I plus we had you know a generation of people us raised on the slim jim commercials the slim jim commercials i mean when you think of professional wrestling from the 80s and early 90s you think macho man randy savage you think hulk hogan if you're kind of in the know you think um rick flair the Nature Boy Rick Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah. And uh 
NWO Wolfpack for Life. A Wolfpack for Life. Yeah. <laughs> or, or NWO Black and White. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Sting. You you can sometimes Undertaker get a, is Undertaker's one, yeah. a good one. You can Well, Undertaker was around for so long. Undertaker had like 40 years in the business. I know. He shouldn't have been in it that long. No, between like him and like Mick Foley. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's wrestle control of this podcast back. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about some news. We watched a couple of trailers uh, here just now uh, for some movies coming out. What did you guys think of Scream 6? I mean, I haven't followed the series, really. Like, I think I've watched two of them. I've only seen the first one, and I thought it was fine. I mean, the first one's a great classic, you know, standard slasher film. I, I understand that it broke ground with its meta-ness. With the meta-ness, but, yes. But now, in our current time, when everything is, is meta, meta. Yes. it doesn't stand it, out Yeah, it doesn't, land, it doesn't land yeah. the same that, anymore. That's the thing with this trailer. The trailer looks like it got rid of all of the meta-ness. It just has turned the ghost-faced killer, not the rapper, but the... <laughs> but but the murder man into the just like man. just a murder man yeah yeah that's what yeah. he is so there's no difference between this ghost face and like a mike a mike Michael myers, myers. Uh, mike myers yeah yeah baby yeah <laughs> oh man what if someone has anyone i'm sure this has happened someone has taken the game dead by daylight and they've modded Austin Powers into it into instead the- of the. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think they couldn't get the rights to Mike Myers, so he's just the Hatchet Killer or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But uh, yeah, put Austin Powers in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, baby. Yeah, yeah, stabby. Yeah, stabbing. Can you feel it, baby? Yeah, <laughs> stabbing's my bag, baby. <laughs> Wow, let's not do any yeah, more Austin Powers done. impressions. <laughs> well, it's hard. Here it's in 2023, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not until the next Austin Powers comes out. Yeah, that's the rule right now is there has to be a new movie for us to do that impression. Uh, I would watch another Austin Powers movie. Oh, yeah, they they should definitely do another. Should, at least one more. Yeah. A Put son, a cap of, on. son of Austin Powers. Yeah. The many illegitimate children of Austin. Okay, powers. who would be who would you hand the reins of the series off to? The son of powers. Mm. He would have to play multiple roles. Yeah, because he'd have to because that's the, well, that's no, Mike, the gig. Mike Myers can still play multiple roles, and then there could be yeah. A son. But he's getting older, though. The what was that show he just did? Oh, that one. Yeah, where he's Shrek and everyone else. No, we, we talked about it on the show a few years yeah. ago. It was good. It was good for what it was. It was funny. Yeah, he still got it. He still got it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm trying to think of like a younger actor that might be able to do it. Yeah, but I, he yeah. still would have to be in the movie. Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you would have Austin Powers, and then you'd have the Son of Powers. I, I feel and like then you'd, you'd have like, a new villain that is also played by the the guy who played Son of Powers to keep the parallels the up. Or the villain could just be uh, Seth Green. True. What if the son of powers is also Seth Green? No, oh, he's too no. old. Oh, he's yeah. Too old. No, that's a good point. What about Tom Holland? Can he play multiple I don't know. Characters? He's never tried. Can he do that heavy of a comedy? I don't know. His uh his that one dance routine he did is when he did a I'm sure he's a funny guy. Oh, yeah. sure. But, but also he's British. He's actually British. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
and not a you know a British caricature. But then you lose some of that. Because, yeah, that's true. That's because true. the point is that part of the point is he's a bad British caricature. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So Scream Six. Yeah, Scream Six. <laughs> that's what we were talking it about. Does not have Austin Powers in it, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the movies exist in the universe. It does have Wednesday Adams in it. It but does. She was in the other sure. remake one. Yeah. So she she's back along with I'm assuming a lot of other people. I I'm know. A, I I'm assuming the other one. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't followed the series. Uh, I know my sister is a big fan of horror movies and Scream in particular. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't. I think it looks all right. I think uh, I applaud them for still not going the supernatural route that a lot of long-winded horror series go. Oh, yeah. Although this is starting to look like it a That's little true. bit. That's true. It could. It still could because he does make Ghostface the comment. Was, was dodging bullets and doing ninja moves. And did comment <laughs> saying, you know, I'm something else or something different or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe he's an actual ghost anymore. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But Courtney Cox is in it. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. They, yeah. They held out on the supernatural stuff longer than like Friday the Thirteenth uh-huh. did. So they got yeah. that going for him. That's true. And we still haven't had Ghostface in space. Yeah. True. <laughs> oh. We we watched uh, Jason goes to hell on Friday the recent Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. I no. was to say it was bad. Yeah. It was stupid. But it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's Tries to throw up a worm in people's mouth. Uh, it's, you know, just like in all the other movies. It wasn't great, yeah. <laughs> the Necronomicon is in it for some reason. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Next trailer. Let's stay with the... The, uh, uh, the Necronomicon from the from Evil Dead is in it. And speaking of... The Evil Dead trailer looks... It looks good, but it Evil Dead look, Rise. Yeah, it's called Evil it. Dead Rise. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't look particularly Evil Dead to me. No, it really doesn't. It just looks like they they took a horror movie and slapped the Evil Dead name onto it. Yeah, it's like somebody looked looked at Smile and goes, eh, "Let's do something with this." <laughs> Kinda, at least the, the advertising. Yeah, does. oh, yeah. definitely the advertising. It, it, it looks like a good a good possession movie, but not necessarily a good Evil Dead movie. Yeah. But it's being produced by both Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, so at least their is, fingers are s- still in it somewhat. Yeah, is this one a continuation of the remake of Evil Dead? I think it shares some characters from mm. what I hear, but I don't know if it's a direct continuation. Again, I think it's more of along the lines of they took a script and they added a few characters in or changed a couple of names. They put the the Necronomicon Ex Mortis or whatever it's they, called. They in threw there, that yeah. in and said of something else, and that's and that's basically it. Which is fine. Hey, you know. Of all the magic supernatural books out there, and they, they keep going back to that one. <laughs> Said, I don't know, maybe the, you know, the Book of the Dead from the Mummy or something. Other trailers, we got Renfield, which is spooky, Renfield. but funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to have differing opinions. Well, slightly differing opinions, because you guys are, are more into the uh, what we do in the shadows vein, and this borrows very heavily from oh that. it's it's almost a, a ripoff i would say it's yeah. it's white guillermo the movie <laughs> yeah yeah um i haven't watched as much what we do in the shadows so i'm coming at this fairly fresh with this trailer and i think it looks great i yeah. mean nicholas cage is dracula yeah it still looks fun and yeah. i would still watch it yeah i love how he like did the loop and now he's back to actually being a vampire oh yeah he is a vampire now
I love the fact that, like, in that scene, he's just straight up running through New York yelling it, and it's not even extras. It's just people looking it's just at him people like he's crazy. Looking at him. Oh, yeah. I love that. that it's, like, it's like an elf when Will Ferrell's running through the streets of New York, and he's just running up to random people. Mm-hmm. The gorilla-style kind of yeah. filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. That's not, you know... No permits. Yeah, that, no, that's, no problems. <laughs> that's not contrived, like, you know, Borat or something. Right, right. But, but no, uh, Renfield looks interesting but it's got like a weird kind of almost action movie comedy action movie feel to it kind of sort of i the only issue i kind of have with it is don't get me wrong i like aquafina as an actress but i'm kind of tired of seeing her being typecast as the quirky best friend slash kind of sort of love interest character going what just happened i can't believe that the the, the reactionary (laughs) character the the, the reaction that's gotta hurt oh no (laughs) it's like a it's like an announcer in like a a goofy fighting game or something right right yeah i wish i wish well i in an ideal world that character would be toned down or given more to do and Who's to say that she doesn't have more than that's do in the true? Movie? It's hard yeah. to tell from the trailer. Yet. But yeah. based on the trailer, her character in this seems very, very similar to her character in Shang Chi. Yeah, which was basically—I mean, she had more to do in that as well. But basically, was the reactionary everyman going, "What is happening? This is a wacky situation." That's some magic kung fu there. Yeah. So that was a good movie. It was, that was a good one. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, we had a trailer for uh, season two of Invincible, the animated series based off of the comic Robert yeah. Kirkman, Robert uh, Kirkman's comic superhero series. series. Yeah. Speaking of meta, this was very meta. Incredibly so meta. meta. <laughs> it, it was fine. It was the only thing it was missing was one of the characters looking at the camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's clear to me that by this trailer, the um, production on the actual series is in very, very early development. Because if they had any kind of scenes to show, they, they would have showed it. They would have. This is the entire thing takes place in a diner, almost a couple of static shots, kind of back and forth. We're still in his shonies. We're still in his shonies. <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm looking forward to more Invincible. Um, yeah, uh, it's a great show. Yeah, I mean, I read the comic a long time ago. But oh yeah, the comic's I, still going too. Is it? Yeah, man, I've. I feel like I haven't picked up a Robert Kirkman book in a long time. It's, it's all basically the only thing he does. I know. And it's because I got, well, I got tired of Walking Dead a long, long time oh, ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Long time yeah, ago. And I yeah, got kind of burned out on Robert Kirkman. Yeah. <laughs> People loved the first series or the first season because it's like everyone's all about, you know, gritty superheroes right now between like Invincible, The Boys, this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah, it is It is a little more violent and gritty than I would particularly care yeah. to watch on a normal basis, but it's good for a limited series kind of thing. I don't know if gritty is like, the Not word, gritty, but it violent. Is, it is, it's very violent, but yes. it's also very colorful. It's a colorful <laughs> well, and yeah, vibrant. Yeah, yes, that is true. But, that, but, that's but I'm more one. meaning like the whole thing here lately where it's like they're really focusing on Superman yeah. archetypes that are bad. What if what if what if superheroes were just kind of messed up? <laughs> Invincible is one of the stories where if what if Superman was secretly a bad guy, where I, it works. I really liked Irredeemable. I really liked Irredeemable too. But I feel the, like if they were to do something with Irredeemable, people would just call it like a, a ripoff. A ripoff. And also they would have to change the ending because the ending got incredibly meta and oh, weird. Oh yeah. Yeah. Not a spoiler for a 10-year-old comic book series. Mark Wade wrote this book, Irredeemable, about 
basically a Superman archetype. A Superman archetype that that has gone was bad. really messed up. And by the end, it starts with you know evil Superman, and it ends with him finding out that he is a sentient idea that has taken the form of a evil superhero and decides he ultimately wants to make better choices. So he turns himself into a formless idea and implants himself into the minds of Joel, uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel. And that is the impetus for them creating the comic book Superman. I don't know. I kind of like that. It's an, it, it works well. It works well in comics, but it would not play for a series. Oh no, no, it, no. That, that is the, that is a comics only kind of idea. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that should have only been comics. Only well, ideas. that's very true. That's very true. Should we move on to yes. our Pedro Pascal section of the show? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> there was also a trailer for uh, Mandalorian season three. Uh, looks good. Yeah, and it's it's really buckling down on the. It's Mandalorian time. Yeah, it's Mando time. Time, time for the Mando. Because it's lots of Mandos. He's mm-hmm. going. He's going to Mandalore. There, yeah. there was a surprising number of lightsabers in this trailer, and there it were shows a few. I previously that only looked, had a few. That looked like a another Grogu uh, Order sixty six flashback. It might have. It very well. That looked been. like the inside of the Jedi Temple. It did. Yeah, I, th- I think they're gonna have to do some serious character development on that little man to keep the show sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. maybe actually get him to say some words or something. Oh, or that'll a be word. Th- that'll be the season three uh, cliffhanger and when he says "daddy," daddy, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, that would work. Or he he squat he squeaks out, "This is the way." Yeah, that would probably be more like more likely a thing. Yeah, yeah, but no, it looks great. It looks fine. It's more Mandalorian, which is you know pretty top tier for me. Yeah, they it, they haven't done a bad uh, bad one yet. So they they teased all of the necessary cameo people. Um, oh what's oh his, yeah, that that yeah. there was the New Republic Ranger guy that keeps popping up. Pelly was there. Pelly was Pelly. there. A Babu Frick esque character characters. Two of them, yeah. yeah. Babu Fricks. <laughs> there are two of them. <laughs> um this is getting out of hand yeah oh what uh, a salacious crumb a yes a uh, salacious crumb. A, a laughing monkey lizard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we don't know if it's actually salacious crumb or just another one. Oh yeah yeah um I don't, what if it was that'd be fun yeah if he escaped uh <laughs> yeah. jabba's yeah. uh sand demise yeah yeah, yeah. That'd be uh, kind of cool. In continuing Pedro Pascal news, apparently The Last of Us show is extremely good. Uh, I haven't watched it because I already saw it when it was a video game, and that kind of <laughs> makes it hard for me to want to watch it. Especially because, from what I hear, they there's a good 60% of it that they lift directly, line for line, camera movement for camera movement, scene for scene from the cutscenes. Yeah, I've of the I've game. seen some TikToks of them side by side and it's and identical. It's, it's identical. Which it, part of me is like that is what fans would want. Sure. But also, you know, like Cody was saying, we know how it goes. Also, it makes sense that they would take it directly from the game because the game's whole aesthetic was it wanted to ape a movie or a yeah. film franchise. Yeah, the the game yeah. was a TV show that you played that you, occasionally. That you played every it's once not in a, while. a surprise that it worked. Right. I <laughs> this is kind of one of those snake eating its own tail kind of situation because the game was influenced by television and now the television is influenced, influenced by, by the, the game. game that was influenced by the television kind yeah. of back and forth. Well, I also did see that the 
the the the clicker zombie things, the fungus fungus boys. Yeah, the fun the fun guys. Um, <laughs> Those fun guys. Uh, the voice actors from the game are the ones that making are making the I don't know. They, yeah, they probably just they took just, the the, yeah. the the audio files of the specific characters. I would and hope they actually, them. you know, actually paid them to actually do. Oh, new I noises. would hope they did, but yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the lazy route out, well, <laughs> you know. But also, you know, you say lazy, I say cost saving. Oh, yeah, cost, cost effective. effective. <laughs> yes. Also, the the second game left such a bad taste in my mouth too. Oh yeah, and and not for the reasons why. Sure. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been over this before. It, mm-hmm. it was a letdown because it was not written as well as I thought the first one was. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it just meanders forever and doesn't ever say anything, and that's where this show is gonna go. So like, I don't yeah. know. All right. And it's not the f- first video game to movie thing that was good. We we live in a world where that's not that strange anymore. It's, we had, it's not. We had two decent Sonic movies. Yeah, there are a lot of articles being written about how The Last of Us oh, is, is, is a video game that a video the, game adaptation that finally worked. It broke the broke the curse. It broke no, new ground. It broke new ground. No, it, no. We had the we had Detective Pikachu was decent. Yeah, you know we haven't had. Detective yeah. Pikachu was the first one in a long time that actually was good. Yeah. First one in a while. However, there have been plenty of video game or other media to... Castlevania show. Castlevania was, was excellent. Oh, Castlevania was so good. But also it was animated. So it's like, it's... It's easier, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But still. They had a lot. They had to adapt a lot for Castlevania. That's they true. Did. That's true. They did. They had a lot more work in front of them than the last of us people did. The first Mortal Kombat movie, while not highbrow cinema, yeah. is exactly what the game is. For the most part. Yeah. More or less. I mean, condensed down to an hour and a half. Tight hour and a half. Oh yeah, the the but, game is like some of the dumbest bullcrap you've ever heard. And but, so is the movie. Yeah, exactly. and it works. So yeah. Uh. <laughs> I guess this is the first video game that's turned into uh, prestige HBO television. Prestige, but I guess yeah. technically, I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what like Kojima's been wanting to do forever. Yeah, I oh. I would be more impressed with an adaptation of Metal Gear. Uh, he's working on a Death Stranding movie. Yeah. Um, although from the way it sounds, it has nothing to do with any of the main characters from Death Stranding. It is a side story that takes like place set in the Death during, Stranding universe. Set in the Death Stranding universe. That's set cool. It, during the the first game, also, or or bridging the gap between the first and second. game. Also, perhaps. the other thing that upsets me about this is that they're saying it's the greatest story that video games ever told. No, and like. It's just zombie bullcrap. Like it's it, not it's zombies. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a shame that people have to think of that about something that's just zombies. Yeah, and everybody knows the greatest story video games ever told is is the Metal Gear franchise. <laughs> well, that's I mean that's a good maybe point. The, I was... Maybe the most bloated story in video games. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. I love Metal Gear, but good God. My name is Hot Coldman. <laughs> let me let me tell you why my name is Hot Coldman for the next half hour. Oh, sad music. There's something 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 anti nuclear arms. <laughs> there's so many child final, soldiers. There's so many Final Fantasies that tell better stories than yeah. than zombies. <laughs> yeah, zombies. It's kind of a done 
It's been done to death. Yeah, and Last of Us Undeath. doesn't do doesn't have any interesting twists to it. Yeah, they're fungus monsters, but it's not different. It's <laughs> essentially the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, couple of quick hits. The uh, Trogdor, the Homestar Runner character Trogdor, has reached its twentieth anniversary. My bones. Yeah. And my bones have turned to dust. <sighs> Trogdor, of course, is the the S shaped um, dragon with cartridge V's, wingling dragon. <laughs> the, yeah, the big beefy arm that Strong Bad draws yes. on uh, HomestarRunner.com. It's a website. HomestarRunner.net. It's dot com. <laughs> dot egg. Dot egg. Yes. <laughs> um, so they put out a, a short video uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary. It was really cute. It was a take off of um, like those old FMV style. Adventure point and yeah, clip games, like, like like a phantasmagoria, or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it looks it, it mean, was fun for it's, us anyway. Homestar Runner was always a huge part of our, you know, our later teen, early adult yeah. years. Oh, it was very formative in our, developing our sense my, of humor. my sense of humor. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. As I look over at the you know these Homestar character vinyls, oh, I you still have, have all the, the vinyls. I still have them. Yep. <laughs> Also, I remember when when Trogdor was on the first Guitar Hero. It was one of the bonus songs. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. And it was so fun because mm-hmm. you know it's so great. It's so, and, then, and of course you know there's that board game. The board game's a lot of fun. It is really good. Yeah, yeah. I've got that too. I I have it, and I have the 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 bonus pack, and I haven't tried them yet. Oh, the vinyl, uh, the, the vinyl pieces. No, no, no. They put out a an expansion a oh. card pack with oh. it yeah. that bra- basically breaks all of the rules. Oh, and they look like um, Strong Bad is like taking a piece of uh, a writing paper and taped it to the card <laughs> and made up his own rules for breaking the game. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, they're cool. I just haven't had a chance to play it. Strong Bad, I think you're cheating. Oh, Tron! There's a there, I got I got some good news and I got some bad news about the Tron franchise. Okay, give me the good news first. They're making a new Tron movie called Tron Ares. Hooray! And now the bad news: Jared Leto is attached to more ball over this film. Boo! Boo. I don't get it. Nobody likes him. Why does he keep getting lead roles in important films? It's well, like, not that Morbius was an important film, but it's like it's like that. Morbius meme. was the most important film. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that meme with like the castle gate. They're making a Tron movie. Open the gate, but Jared Leto's in it. Close the gate. Well, I, I saw one with uh, Arrested Development with uh, oh. George uh, George Michael saying, "This is a great day with." George- <laughs> with uh, Jared Leto in it to be sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real monkey's paw situation. It, it is. It, it is. Well, here's the thing. Leto, he, w- whether it is a good movie or a bad movie, usually a bad movie, he is, he generates news. Oh, um, he yeah. does generate. Yeah. I mean, I guess it does lean into that whole, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Is he going to get so method? He's going to try to climb inside of a oh, computer. I, I hope he lives inside a monitor for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes a VTuber <laughs> to learn how to become a digital human. There, there's interviews he did for Morbius where he has he's talking to a VTuber, like a Japanese interview. And he had to talk to a VTuber for it. <laughs> I forget who it was, but it's pretty funny. He's oh, just like so like confused by the concept, but also intrigued. Like, 
I love how VTuber interviews are like a half step away from Space Ghost Coast to Coast and what yeah. they did. <laughs> For it's real. basically what it is, what it was. Yeah, I love it. It's just like, but it's just riffing. Yeah, yeah. But also, I feel like like just having Jared Leto it just brings like the rift, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I liked it better when he was just ambiguous villains, like in uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> True. Uh, last thing we have here, and this is one close to all of our hearts. Well, maybe you guys. Dokapon Kingdom. <laughs> I've never played it. The the digital board game that is equal parts Mario Party, an RPG, and a friendship destroyer simu- simulator yeah. is being ported to the Switch. Hooray! Hooray! With online play. Hooray! But it's Nintendo online play. Yeah. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> and the monkey's paw curls in the yeah. second time. <laughs> How many um, fingers? Five? <laughs> yeah. It looks like a pretty much a straight port of the Wii of version. Of the Wii version, which is the best version of it, I, yeah, I feel. Yeah, and like, you can't improve on perfection. Like yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. But this game, it... I mean, it discontinues Nintendo, just keeps reporting their own stuff. We've gotten almost to the point where every notable game from the Wii and Wii U era has been ported to the Switch. Basically, uh, we're <laughs> yeah. waiting for like a Star Fox game. Yeah. And I don't know how exactly they're going to do that. I with, hope with the, I, with I the hope hand, they handheld. I hope they do better controls because I hated the controls yeah, they, in that they, stupid game. They can't port that one. It yeah, doesn't, there's no way to make that work with the Switch at all. No, or you know, no, just not. make a new Star Fox. Yeah. I'll take the. Yeah, that'd be nice. That. That'd give be me, nice. give me something here. Yeah. <laughs> Use those HD rumble whatever that those, that yeah. those Joy Cons purport to have. Yeah. Or um, they'll uh, they'll make one, but you have to hold the Joy Cons out for, with your arms like wings, and that's how you fly. What, what, well, one's in your teeth. <laughs> one you put one in your mouth, and the other one you have to put under your left armpit, and you hop around. And then and the dr- and then the dr- and then the drift gets you. Uh, you yes. have to you have to drive with the the Wii or not Wii Fit the Ring Fit, the ring fit uh, wheel. Ring. Yeah, there we and go. The leg strap. Uh huh. That's it. <laughs> but but. They don't have legs. They have robot legs. They still work like legs. Yeah, <laughs> but what if what if what if they just what if they just made like an R wing like thing you just hold <laughs> and that's how you fly like oh the return of Labo. Yeah. <laughs> you build a cardboard R wing yeah. and put your Joy Cons in to fly. Around. I that actually it's not a bad idea. That, <laughs> I kind of like that. That Ubisoft game had a really good toy. R-wing it was pretty cool. It. And yeah, that game was pretty fun. Yeah, I I saw it when it was on. I should have picked it up when I was on. Oh, sale. Wait, are we talking about that one space one? Starlink. Starlink. Yeah. yeah, I still have that. It's a decent game. I've you, I got it from you, and I've never opened it. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I just wanted the R wing, really, honestly. <laughs> All right, with that, we've actually hit time, so let's go ahead and wrap things up for the week. You have been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Patreon at Nerd Overload Now. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can give us a call on the Nerd Overload hotline and leave a voicemail on our voicemail box. The number for that is 419-561-5556. Nice uh, vamping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. Finally, I'd like to thank both Parker, a super fan extreme, who updates the Facebook page with news articles and whatnot, and David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. 
So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Pizza out. <laughs>